I'm Jackie Patton, the founder of Inkblot Creative, and my favourite things are finding out what makes people tick and geeking out about how we communicate. On every episode, I'm going to be chatting to business leaders, creatives, and everyone in between about how they stay connected to their goals, relationships, and their sense of purpose in a world where we're always glued to our screens. I love to chat, so every week you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher for the next free episode. I'd love for you to be a part of it too, so head over to Instagram and find us at ink underscore blot underscore creative to let me know what you think. I recorded this series before the coronavirus outbreak and intended to share an episode with Murray Norton, the CEO of Jersey Chamber of Commerce this week. Murray is so busy supporting local business that I didn't want to add to everything he has going on. So instead, this week's episode is with Chris Morris. Chris is an agency owner, founder of The Tech Agenda and The Content Factory. I met Chris through a mutual friend and it's been great getting to know him as he's branched out from agency life. I even recorded this whole podcast series in his new studio. We covered a lot in our chat, from Morris dancing to building a business at 17 and going after dreams that you've had for a while. And that's the thing that I love. Like, I, I love kind of cheering people on. The help, you know, yeah. Seeing people support. kind of actually succeed and then come back to you and go, oh my God, I tried that and it worked, you know. Yeah. And now we're, we're full or now we've managed to sell this new... Next week, I'm talking to Hannah Jakes, owner of Hannah Jakes Transformations. She's a former PT, Radio 1 superstar DJ winner and Western musical performer. We talked about staying in the present moment, reaching for big goals and searching for financial freedom. Don't forget to tune in. And if you missed our very first episode with Harriet Rouse from Harriet and Rose, go and grab it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher now, or why not subscribe so you don't miss out. And guys, don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. They really do help. Keep safe, everyone. I hope that this podcast gives you a little bit of light relief whilst you're looking after yourself and your loved ones. This is Stay Connected. Your face, you're like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I bet this will end up being the best one. <laughs> Typical. After Let's all this prep. So. <laughs> so, Chris, thank you for joining me. Hi, Jackie. Um, so every episode, I ask my guests to bring along an object that they feel connected to. I can see that yours is a book. Do you want to tell it us a is. little bit more about that? So this is a book by Russell Brunson, um, who is the founder of a um, piece of software called ClickFunnels. And um, it's a book called Expert Secrets. The reason why I brought this was because, um, so I've been in Jersey now eight years, and pretty much at the beginning when I kind of moved over to Jersey, I read this book and at the time when I read it, um, loads of ideas kind of flooded into my mind as to ideas for business and kind of how to evolve the business. Mm -hmm. um, and at that point I was very, very um, kind of motivated and stimulated by what I read. Um, but then it's fair to say that since then I haven't really implemented any of those ideas up until very recently. Okay. So it's kind of got it's kind of got one of those um, you know it's got that kind of um, place where when I you know I kind of occasionally would see it on the shelf or it would kind of become you know I suppose more relevant within maybe a project or something like that and every time I'd go back to it I think you know all those ideas would kind of flood in again. So yeah, so that's the reason why I brought it. So are you a big reader? Is that something you do I wouldn't say I am. I, I'm not a big reader and I definitely wasn't a reader kind of growing up. But um, but I do like a good a good kind of inspirational business book. 
Okay. I love it when people bring books because I'm a massive bookworm. And I've not read this one, so I'm going to nick that off you afterwards because I think that that'll be a good yeah, one to it's read. Good. Um, so you weren't a big uh, reader growing up. What was Chris as a kid like then? Weird. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Everyone wants to be a weirdo when they're yeah, a kid. I suppose. Um, yeah, independent would probably be the word, and um, a little bit of a black sheep in terms of the way I did things and the interests that I had, and I suppose just kind of how I. How I conducted myself. <laughs> what kind of so you say the interest you had? <laughs> Let's keep it PG. Yeah. But what interest did you have? So I think I probably did everything that was uncool. <laughs> well. Morris dancing. Wow. That was one of my finest. Um, yeah. So yeah, milk monitor, chess club monitor, basically anything <laughs> that was a monitor. <laughs> Just liked being a monitor. Yeah. And, that sounds. Um, that sounds. Yeah. Like I was quite, yeah. It's quite varied though. Chess club, Morris dancing. That's that's a very... I think I just like being involved in organisation. <laughs> okay. And is that something that's carried I'm on as you've of... got older? Are you quite organised? Um, I think, well, I think it kind of, I suppose it was, looking back, it was the first kind of sign that I was entrepreneurial mm. or that I had those kind of ideas. So I was quite like, I think growing up as a kid, I was very much... I'd have an idea and I'd be like, well, why can't we do it? You know, like, yeah. I don't know, in the classroom, I wanted to sit on my own on a single desk, not <laughs> with a group of kids. So not I team would, sports. Then. Yeah. So I'd go in at lunchtime and rearrange the classroom so that I was sat on my own. And then they'd be like calling my parents in saying, you know, we need to discuss this. <laughs> Chris keeps changing the classroom layout, guys. <laughs> That was exactly it. So oh, yeah. Funny. And what so did... there were like random things like that and they kind of yeah, they never really were discussed, but <laughs> in hindsight they were definitely little signs that um you're going to go your I own was... way. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%, yeah. That's the exact term. <laughs> and did your so what were your parents like then in terms of like did Both they encourage teachers. you? Were they? Oh funny. <laughs> yeah. When the teachers get called yeah. in to speak to the teacher. Yeah. Love that. So but that... did they encourage that kind of individuality oh yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah. so I was definitely um always felt kind of supported and always felt like I could pretty much do anything Mm. that I put my mind to um was always encouraged to follow the kind of educational path so kind of encouraged to go do a levels university which is the kind of the bend in the road I suppose which I kind of went and no I'm not going to do that I'm going to set up on my own and set up a business so that was kind of the shock but, but that's a big deal, isn't it? So how old are you when you set up your first business? Uh, so I left school. So I started my A-levels for six weeks and then left, um, convinced my dad that I wanted to be a web designer and um, and left at the age of 16, 17. So, and went to do it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, so basically had the conversation with my parents and said, look, you know, it's 99, we're, you know, it's booming. You know, Let's I'm, get on this. I've got to do A-levels for two years and then I've got to go to university for another three years. Um, you know, how's that going to kind of work? Um, I'm going to miss the boat kind of thing. And they were very much like, mm, not sure. And, <laughs> you know, I don't think it's necessarily the right thing. But I was reasonably, you know, bloody minded and, and kind of wanted to go for it. So the condition was I had to go and meet my head um, at the school and he would kind of try and convince me not to do it otherwise which he did and then the condition was after that if I made the decision that I wanted to leave then I could 
So okay. got back in the car with my dad and said, he said to me, you know, what's the decision? And I said, that's it, I'm, I'm going. So, so then after that, they were trying to then get me to do more of like a youth training scheme or some sort of apprenticeship, which actually worked out really well because I ended up going and working for a business um, doing kind of like typesetting and design oh, and print okay. and then started to do web design off the back of that. So got some more skills before you carried on. Yeah. But I kind of I was in business on my own by the age of 18. So kind of 2000 basically set up That's and amazing. then started to uh, to try and get web design projects. And, and did you have anybody kind of along that way that kind of was a mentor to you or anyone that you had a real kind of relationship? Because starting a business is hard. Like, and I can't imagine doing it at 18. Yeah, so that it was, must be like a hard thing to manage. Yeah. So it was weird because both my parents obviously hadn't had businesses yeah. or didn't have any experience. And to some extent, that was probably, and still is to some extent, probably my weak, you know, that's my weakness is that I don't have anybody in the family who's, mm. you know, my family, my grandparents, there's nobody in there who's kind of done it before entrepreneurial or had a business or anything like that. And even my sisters have not taken that route. So there isn't anybody really who I can speak to and say, you know, what do you think about this? Yeah. Or, have you done this before? Yeah, yeah. Everybody just looks at me like I'm mad. Um, but then there have been people along the way who I've kind of met. So the first person that kind of was very instrumental was a guy who um, I met a guy called Mike Garnett, who basically he was a sales guy at the company that I went to work for. Mm -hmm. And I kind of arrived doing a youth training scheme. I was being paid 70 pounds a week, um, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. When and you're 18, uh, that's loads of money. My travel card was 35 pounds a week God. to travel. I had to get two buses and two trains, I think, um, to get to work every day. And um, <laughs> yeah, I basically went for the interview, got told, you know, there'd be a design team and, you know, you'd be able to learn loads of things and then turned up on my first day and got given an iMac and told that's your design team. And there's a guy who's a freelancer who will come in and help if you get stuck, mm. but you're kind of self-taught, you'll be fine, you know, crack on. And I was basically designing ads for desk diaries, you know, like Chamber yeah, of Commerce. Yeah. So I started doing that and I was quite independent anyway. So I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, perfect. Good The fit. idea that I didn't have to work for anybody. Or with a team. Yeah. Because we've established office, you don't like that. My own computer. <laughs> Happy days. So I started to do that. And then um, and then I was surrounded by tele salespeople. Mm. So they were all selling and I'd hear them day in, day out. You could hear what they were saying and how they were selling these ads. And you could see who was doing well and who wasn't. So people would start you'd almost predict within a yeah. week they were going to leave or you'd be like, oh, they're good. You know, they, they know what they're doing. And there's this one guy called Mike who um, he was, he'd originally emigrated to South Africa. Right. Um, met um, a woman over there who he'd um, fallen in love with and, you know, proposed to um, and was due to be married. Or I think he, perhaps at that point he was mar married. Anyway, then decided to come back to the UK to top up his pension. So he was kind of, you know, retirement age. And um, obviously with the exchange rate at that point, um, he was going to be very wealthy mm. in South Africa. So he decided to come and do some more work to top up the pension and then was planning on moving back out there again. So he was only coming to work for a year or two years. Then I kind of hatched my plot to leave and set up on my own. And he would occasionally give me a lift into work. So we kind of like would share ideas and I'd say to him, oh, you know, I'm definitely going to set up my own and, you know, I'm kind of done with this place. 
And um, I started to, at that point, sell websites. So I started to kind of encourage the business that web design was the way to go. And um, anyway, when I chose to leave and decided that that was it, I was going to set up on my own. Um, on the day that I was about to leave, he came in to congratulate me and say, oh, you know, yeah. great, you know, you're going to set up on, my, on your own. And then in the same breath, kind of said, oh, do you want somebody to work with you to sell websites? So I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, oh, I can sell anything to anybody. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. He was like, I'll just get the appointments and then you can go and, you know, present the web solutions or, you know, yeah. you can kind of respond to the brief. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, that sounds great. So uh, he said, oh, I'll work another year. And then, I, you know, what's a year? He said, I'll do another year and then I'll, and then I'll go back. So I was like, okay, fab. So he, um, at the time, I kind of was very much like, oh, you know, just yeah, fine, you know, let's just see how it goes. But in hindsight, um, I went to try and set up a business. I couldn't get an office because they wouldn't give me one because my age, because mm. I'm still 17 at this point, so I'm not quite 18. Couldn't drive. Mm. I was learning to drive, but couldn't drive. Um, and couldn't get a phone line at the time because yeah. they wouldn't give me one. All the stuff. So all of these things. So he basically went as kind of guarantor and everything. So he kind of went, oh, it's all right, fine. I'll sign the lease for the office and... I'll get this phone lines and I'll drive you to the appointments. <laughs> wow. So he literally would like, he'd ring up, book an appointment. He'd drive me to the appointment. Then he'd either sit in the car and wait for me or he'd come in and sit quietly next to me while I kind of did pitch. the pitch and then won the job, you know, and then we'd go. But then there were simple things like, like he taught me a lot kind of about business and yeah. just kind of fundamentals. So even like, you know, um, you know, if, if somebody's not happy, like what to do, you know, how to kind of collect money, that type of thing. So there was loads of things that he kind of just, I suppose. By osmosis. Yeah. So it's just w really weird. And then we were only really working together for about a year, maybe just slightly longer. And then the business started to grow and he kind of obviously saw the, you know, the, the time was right for him to kind of leave. So he did. But I think without that, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have learned a lot of those things. And, yeah. you know, even today, some of the things that I do. I think that's a micism. back. Yeah. And there was definitely micisms. <laughs> he was a crazy guy. I mean, he used to ring up and um, he'd call himself Wing Commander Garnet. <laughs> so he'd ring businesses. And at the time, like, I didn't know any different, you know. So he'd ring and he'd be like, you know, Wing Commander Garnet here. And he'd get past receptionists because he'd almost put them on the back foot or, you know, he'd kind of get past those gatekeepers just through the way he was and he was kind of you know full of energy and just you know didn't take no for an answer was kind of very you know persistent and um yeah it was great so it's quite funny so so kind of your first yeah mentor. so he was definitely by far the first um other than teachers I mean there was a couple of teachers that equally were big big mentors in my kind of life going through secondary school um but he was definitely the one that kind of, from a business point of view, stuck out, got me on the right path, yeah. And yeah. obviously you've got kids yourself now. Yeah, so yeah, we've got four. Four, yeah, that's a lot of children, Chris. <laughs> four, four extra people in it's your house. Good. How do you find it now having your own kids? Are you kind of trying to inspire them with the entrepreneurial spirit to go and do more stuff like you? Or yeah, are you, are you think, kind of seeing what happens? Or I definitely aren't, I'm definitely not putting pressure on them to follow a kind of an academic path. Um, Although our eldest has just gone to uni and that definitely suits him and he definitely is having a whale of a time. Um, and, and I, you know, to some extent, I kind of can see that I missed something by not going to uni. Um, 
and you know in terms of like circle of friends and things like that like I definitely didn't have that experience so mm. you know I'm worse off in many ways in that sense but um but then equally from an academic point of view um you know I don't think that it kind of made much difference to to kind of where I am now and the trajectory, you know I don't yeah. think it's kind of hindered me if anything you know I was kind of working with big big businesses while my friends were going through university and then they were coming out and struggling to get jobs you know mm. and were you know once you'd done the time e- already exactly yeah so it's kind of like the university of life <laughs> um but there I think being in a household where you are running a business or you're kind of you've got that entrepreneurial nature I can see that within some of the kids, they're kind of like hatching little plans and, you know, they're very <laughs> much it. kind of, they think that way a little bit more. Um, and there's also a downside to that as well, where you they live through the roller coaster of, you know, feast and famine and, you know, all of those things that you would probably associate with running your own business. So there's kind of definitely pros Ups and cons, and but, um, but yeah, it's quite exciting. And you, so big family, lots mm. going on work-wise. So how do you kind of stay connected to that family life? How do you find the balance? So I think probably the last 10 years, I've been better at it than I was in the early days. So I kind of, so the business went through a big um, shift. So we kind of set up and then for 10 years, pretty much um, the business was growing and scaling. And, you know, we went from kind of just me to being kind of 60, uh, sorry, 36 kind of people and, um a business partner and you know we had a agency in Liverpool and London and then hit the recession lost everything uh, effectively lost our biggest client and the whole thing kind of came down tumbling down and then it has taken probably 10 years to really you know kind of rebuild and uh, and refocus but through that process um, I learned so much and kind of learned a lot about myself as well and I suppose kind of had a a massive epiphany in terms of like what's this all for and, yeah why am you know, i doing what's it the, yeah where's the priority and um originally the kids um you know the eldest two i was much more kind of um not as present and i don't think as kind of engaged mm. um as i am now and it and our kind of lives were much more separate in terms of you know business and then kind of family, family life um and I think the family life kind of suffered, whereas more recently we're kind of all one team. So we're all kind of like it's much more the lines are kind of a bit more blurred, but we're definitely better for it, I think. Because um, you're not trying to juggle. Yeah. You're just... And it still takes, you know, it still takes effort. And it definitely I kind of find myself getting reined back in again almost. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. having a conversation with myself and saying, you know, what are you doing? You know, you need to kind of reconnect. But but I think that that's just a. You know. It's just life, isn't yeah. it? You've got to keep doing and it. And also, like, I love what I do. So it's difficult because that is what, you know, yeah. I'm passionate about. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of constantly thinking and, you know, dreaming about various different things. Um, and obviously the family fits into that. But, you know, it's... But they're not uh, it's getting one the balance. and the same. Yeah. yeah. And so you obviously mentioned the recession, the business kind of came down, you had to build it again. There's not many people that when that happens, when it's going so well... 36 teams strong like that's a big business yeah to kind of see it go it's not a lot of people that think oh i'm gonna have another crack at that because <laughs> yeah. that that must have been quite scary did you find that um yeah and um and no so 
it was kind of we were at a point where we'd created a monster mm. so we didn't have any didn't have any training didn't know what we were doing making all the mistakes as we went built a business purely really through the success of the clients that we won didn't really have any direction so we built this business that was on the outside very very successful um doing very well scaling nicely um but on the inside you know we were two business partners who you know were evolving and finding our feet and at the beginning we didn't have kids we yeah. weren't married you know over time different pressures you know different kind of life events so you're both in very different situations and we were also in a position where you know we didn't have the agreements in place at the beginning that we perhaps should have so we'd grown this business we didn't have an exit strategy we didn't you know all of that kind of stuff that you just go well that's kind of obvious but it's not at the time and also sometimes things are organic um, aren't they so yeah, you're in it before you exactly realize it. you know it was yeah. you know it just kind of happened organically and it was great and you know it was a fantastic experience but then we got to a point where i think we were just um we were lacking good mentors mm. so the people that were mentoring us were ultimately in it for the day rate you know they weren't invested not in the there business. to properly no. provide advice they and were support. just yeah. charging us a non-exec fee and you know because when the you know what hit the fan they all disappeared so that's the biggest test um and i think that it was probably a massive release so it kind of went Oof. you know yeah we were like well especially for me i was like well actually now this opens up a you know a huge array of opportunities and mm. kind of gives us an opportunity to really take stock of what we've done and where we're up to and what next um the natural reaction is just to jump back on the you know the, the same wagon yeah and just to go again what you then realize is that you're then at a very different stage in life so like my business partner was creative director you know originally was a designer who designed everything over time became a manager who managed 36 or you know 30 people in a studio then suddenly you're back being a freelancer effectively it's a different where world, you've yeah. got nothing to delegate you've got to do it yourself and i think that for him that was a big you know kind of no no almost and um it's not what he where he wanted to be and for me it wasn't quite the same because although we'd scaled as a business I was still in charge of business development. I was still kind of, you know, the MD Doing the do. running the business and that kind of thing. So actually I didn't miss the team as much mm. and I didn't kind of miss that. And we established that wasn't your strong point at the exactly. beginning. Yeah. Desk on There's your own. No, no I in team. Um, Rearranging the classroom. Yeah. So I kind of just was naturally like, right, we'll, we'll go this again. This works, yeah. Um, it, became apparent that that wasn't going to happen for him and we ended up going and working with a competitor for three months and that kind of almost gave me the opportunity to say actually I'm going to go it alone again mm. so we kind of had our um you know separation and um and I set up again and then he continued within that business um and then I kind of started to build the business again from that point onwards wow. and that's ultimately what brought me to Jersey because at that point we had no roots we had no, kind no of physical office no real staff so that opened up a lot of opportunities and obviously digital jersey and things like that were kind of kicking off at that point so it was just a perfect time really to say actually there's a massive opportunity here and you know let's go and do something different so 
the oh, adventure began. Yeah. And now that you are in Jersey and kind of life looks very different than to what it looked like before, do you find it easy to kind of switch off and take time just for you to connect to kind of yourself rather than the business and Not the family? Really. No. no. I think um, I'm definitely getting better at it. So the big shift that's happened since we started again was that we are a team now. So before... I had the business before the kids, had the business before getting married. Ultimately, it was me and my business partner. You know, we were the business and then everything else kind of got bolted onto that. Yeah. And there was always that natural kind of divide. You know, my priorities were always kind of not swayed, but they were always driven by the business. Mm. So it was always like, you know, I've got to be here at this time. I've got to do this meeting. I can't possibly let this person down. Whereas when it all kind of went, and started again then it was a different it was a different kind of waiting the business onto yeah. the family side so then suddenly it's like the priority is not necessarily the client or the priority is not necessarily being in this place for this number of hours or this mm. you know this time it was like okay what's best for us you know and you know I'm back on my own again so my you know my kind of team is you know ultimately the family yeah so that makes it a lot easier because then you are much more conscious of kind of your own well-being and your own kind of mental state. Um, and that's been much easier to kind of calibrate and just be a bit more aware of. So the balance is still always kind of challenged and I, you know, I love it. So like, you know, people yeah. go, oh, you know, you're crazy. Like, you know, you work in, you sleep in four hours and you work in, you know, ridiculous hours and that kind of thing. And whilst I'm aware that that is definitely not, healthy and sustainable yeah and definitely need, there's kind of fits and starts like mm. there's bursts almost but then equally you know my kind of why is is you know the kids and you know my mm. wife sam and all that kind of stuff so that's the thing that drives me so i'm like well actually i'm enjoying this, this. is working yeah. yeah so and then more recently i've been able to kind of lean into much more kind of i suppose exciting projects and like i said to you at the beginning about the book I've been able to kind of start to realize some of those dreams. So yeah. that's kind of even more exciting because now I feel like it's, it's not more, just an idea. Yeah, it's more aligned, I suppose. So. Well, just for our listeners, we're actually sat, the podcast studio we're in today is the Content Factory, which is Chris's new venture. New venture. Yeah. So thanks for having us. Which is fun. Great. Yeah. Loving it. If you want to record a podcast, you know where to come. Um, There's the plug. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just get it in there. And what about the future then? So kind of we heard a bit about. Morris dancing, chess playing, milk monitor Chris. Yeah. And Chris that built a big business twice. And family man Chris. But what do you see being your kind of so aims I think, coming up? Yeah, so I think in, in the future, that I mean, the thing that I'm really, um, I suppose, excited about at the moment is we've um, recently, we're literally about to launch this week, a community of kind of professionals working in digital marketing. So that's called the Tech Agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, and over the last 12 months, one of the things that's been a massive kind of, um, I suppose, eye opener to me is that I've lent much more into training and kind of building connection and, you know, networking and mm. that type of thing. And over the last 12 months, I've been doing a lot more training, which I've loved. And ironically, my, my parents are like, see, You're a we, teacher. Yeah, <laughs> my parents are like, see, you were always going to be a teacher, you know. Um, but But I have absolutely loved it. And I've also loved kind of seeing those light bulb moments go off in clients' eyes or, you know, being able to introduce a strategy to someone and then actually see them 
fulfill on that. And also when you mentioned um, before about, you know, you had your mentor, Mike. Yeah. How amazing to get to a point where you've got enough knowledge to pass some of that on. Yeah, And exactly. you might be that person for yeah. someone going forward. And that's the thing that I love. Like, I, I love kind of cheering people on. The help, you know, yeah. Seeing people support. kind of actually succeed and then come back to you and go, oh my God, I tried that and it worked, you know. Yeah. And now we're, we're full or now we've managed to sell this new product or... Um, and what through as a result of that it just the natural kind of i suppose next step was to build that community and go actually wouldn't it be great if we can bring these people together on a regular basis not only in jersey but also in london and then perhaps in other locations too and i'm just really into the idea of like adventure and experiencing things that are different mm. and just mixing it up like the stuff that you're doing with arc you know around the kind of networking idea you know, why does it have to be the same as what everybody settles for? Like, why can't you actually just do something that's fun? And what's the worst that can happen? Or, exactly. It goes wrong. You do something different. Yeah. That's my view on it. And, <laughs> and, you know, over the years, I've kind of had these ideas, but I've not actually executed on them. And now I'm like, actually, I need to start taking, you just know. Just do it. Yeah, taking my own advice and just doing it. Um, so Tech Agenda is is launching, and as part of that, obviously we've we've launched the Content Factory. Yeah. So it's brilliant because it's kind of like end to end now. We can you know we can support the community, but we can also kind of provide a facility for people to create their own content and kind of lean into that. And it's like you all know, in one. Yeah. So it's really fun. And it's funny because you said when you read your book that you've brought the expert expert secrets, you had all those ideas, but you kind of sat on them. Yeah. So how now that those ideas are starting to happen how do you stay connected to them how do you make sure that you're building momentum and you're like staying at it and that you keep yeah. in front of mind so i think it's i think it's a level of accountability so like my wife sam is i think the kids are at an age now where we're able to start to do more things and they're a little bit more kind of independent um she's able to kind of get back engaged in terms of the business and things yeah. like that so she's kind of a big big help in that sense and also kind of holds me accountable. Like, you know, she said to me, basically, you've been saying this for many years. I'm better for bearing it. Yeah. <laughs> basically, like, you've either got to just stop saying it or you've got to do it because, you know, if you say it one more time, then, you know, it's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so can that, imagine her yeah, saying so that. so she was good. And then, um, and then also um, there's a few people that are kind of involved or, you know, are kind of, I suppose, critical friends who are almost... It's important to have. You know cheering it on and, and, and definitely kind of engaged in the process. So that's been great because it gives me a sense of... It's not just for it's you. It's not just me. You know, there's other people that are, are kind of invested mm. in this and actually want it to work. And it's ultimately going to change their futures as much as it'll change mine. And, you know, it's they've got their own kind of network. So, you know, they're bringing in their, their people as well. So it's a knock-on, so Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's good. Oh, it sounds really exciting. So the last thing we always ask is if there are any connections in your life you want to focus on more in the coming year. So whether that's business or personal, but anything that you think, oh, I've maybe let that go by the wayside or that's one I want to invest in a bit more going forward. I think, to be honest with you, I think that there's probably two. So I think connection generally is something that I definitely want to invest more in mm. because so typically what's happened is I've just told myself the repeating story, which is you're too busy, you know, yeah. like you're too busy to do that. We'll do that tomorrow or we'll do that next week or we'll do that next month. And then the year goes by and then the same kind of message just repeats. 
And actually, everything that I love is all about that. So that's kind of where I've gone, do you know what, actually, why don't I just do this? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've got to just do it. Um, so that's one thing. I know it's kind of a bit no, of a cop-out in terms of the question. <laughs> it's not a cop-out, it was a very good answer. <laughs> and then the other, I suppose, is just, um, you know, kind of like friendships and, and family generally. So um, I think probably appreciating that more and investing more time in it generally mm. because it's probably the one thing especially friendships is the one thing that I don't really do <laughs> well it's easy isn't it when you're very busy with work and you're busy with family to kind of stop there yeah because the time you've got that's not work you want to devote your kids yeah. and to your wife and also it's very difficult because a lot of my friendships are transactional mm. so as in I'll meet a client become a friend but there's still that kind of work relationship Element. as well so it's quite difficult to cross the line well yeah not not even necessarily cross the line just just kind of say is this a true friendship or is this based on you know a the transaction need, yeah. or you know and not that that's necessarily a bad thing but but when you think about like you know university friends or people that you've kind of lived with yeah. um before getting married it's a completely different connection because yeah. it's a connection built not on a... On experience rather than yeah, not something happening like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I find that really, really tough. That's probably my biggest struggle is kind of like, you know, what do I do? You know, yeah. who, who do I kind of... And, you know, especially when you've kind of... Um, you've put so much into kind of business and things like that, it's very difficult to then go, well, actually, is this a true connection and or also hard if you're someone like you who's moved countries essentially as well because yeah. you're building again aren't yeah. you like you've got friends in one yeah. place and then you start somewhere yeah. new and it's like oh God. and sometimes I meet people and, and I'm like don't ask me what I do don't ask me what I do <laughs> because I don't want to work with you you know because I just, just want us to be friends you're just quite nice <laughs> yeah. I just want to have a beer with you I don't yeah. want to have to do your website yeah. or help you do yeah. a podcast like, can you look at my website too no no, no I don't want to do that <laughs> go and find somebody else um, so there's definitely but that's kind of like it's just a learning thing yeah. like I've learned now that sometimes I'm better to say no to those things to and those just people, keep it you... as a yeah like let me just be your mate keep rather than yeah um but yeah, that's definitely something to focus on. And I think, you know, as you become more content with what you're doing and kind of almost, I suppose, reignite the excitement, that becomes a lot easier because it becomes a natural, Yeah. it just flows. Like, you know, you you're actually, not thinking about it. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for talking to me. No worries. Um, it's been good. Before you go, how can people find out more about what you're doing? So you mentioned Tech Agenda and obviously Content Factory. Where yeah, do we find out more so about that? Techagenda.org is the web address. Fab. And then you'll be able to find all the info and all the social media channels and all that are linked on there. Um, and then the studio is Content Factory. Um, and we've got Content Factory Studios, which is our kind of handle. So you find us on social media. Uh, Go and check it out. ContentFactoryStudios.com is the website. Fantastic. And yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Chris. No worries. Thank you very much. It was a good one. I told you it would be a good one. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And why not subscribe so you don't miss out? If you like it, then don't forget to leave us a five-star review because they really do help. And head over to Instagram at ink underscore block underscore creative to carry on the conversation. Thanks so much for listening and don't forget to stay connected. Mm -hmm.